Welcome to There is Power in Your Story podcast, a podcast conversation that focuses on empowerment, accomplishment, and vision. A podcast dedicated to helping you be inspired through the stories of others. I'm your host, Dr. Veronica Hardy. To learn more about me and this podcast, please visit drveronicahardy.com. Our guest today is Virginia Tichy. She is the Vice Chancellor for Finance and Administration at the University of North Carolina at Pembroke. But how did she get there? By being intentional. Learn more about her story on There is Power in Your Story. tell our audience a little bit about yourself, both personally and professionally, or even something that someone may not see on your resume? Sure. Well, I'm just a, a person who grew up in Muncie, Indiana. I had a father who was born and raised in Arkansas, who met my mother in Muncie, Indiana. He made the uh, migration or the move to Indiana for uh, more quality work. Back in those days, the automobile industry was really, really ticking up. And so he moved to Muncie, Indiana in 1949 and met my mother Um she was, he was African-American. My mother was Caucasian. Uh, I am one of three children. Uh, my brother uh, still lives in Muncie, Indiana. My sister does live in Raleigh, but I'm just an ordinary person uh, from Indiana, Muncie, Indiana, so to speak. And I am currently a CFO at a university in North Carolina. So I don't think there's anything uh, special about me, anything uh, spectacular about me. I think I was someone who um, my father had a sixth grade education and he was a hard worker and he owned a business. So uh, I think anything is possible in America, so to speak, when my father uh, didn't read very well. However, he was a mathematical genius. And I look back on his life or I look back at my interactions with him and I remember how smart he was and how great of a businessman he was. So at a very young age, we were very, my sister and I were very in in my father's business. So I always tell people I was an accountant at the age of eight years old and a CFO at the age of 15, uh, you know, helping run the family business. And I think that's what the cool thing of having a family business. Now, the downside and the cons of having a family business is we didn't do a lot of traveling. And there wasn't a lot of time for fun or, or family fun because his business was open six days a week. The one day he did not work was Sunday. And so if we went on a vacation, we generally left the house about 5 a.m. on a Friday morning, but we returned on a Sunday night. So uh, a lot of sacrifices my dad made to make sure that we had what we needed. And I will tell you, we had everything we needed, but he was just such a, a great business person. He had a tremendous work ethic. And I think he showed me that the challenges that you face don't necessarily define your future. Could you tell us more about, say, where you started with your mm -hmm. career? Let me say this. I think the best thing that my father did for me, so I didn't share the business that my father owned, and he was, he owned an automobile, automobile repair center or shop. And so uh, he only had a few employees. And again, me and my sister weren't heavily involved in that operation, and my mother was as well. Um, but that's kind of where it started. So I watched him run that business. But the one thing that he did for me is he said, I do not want you to do this work. I don't want you to take over the family business. And I would have loved to have done that because it was very successful. He did not want me to have to work that hard and have the demands on my physical body, if that makes any sense. So he didn't want me out there jacking up cars and working on cars. So in high school, our junior year, there was a program at a, uh, an offsite center and it was a business program. 
it was the Business Professionals of America program, basically, is what the name of it was. It's something like DECA. I think there's a DECOP organization. There's various organizations. So my junior and senior year, I would go to high school in the morning and I would go to this business center in the afternoon. And at the business center, and this was in, you know, the 90s or excuse me, the 80s. And so uh, computers had been around for several years, but they were still new. Uh, They were typewriter based. Uh, They didn't do all the things that computers do today. But anyway, what you were exposed to at this business center was automation. So they had uh, what was happening in the real world, payroll, software applications that you can learn. There used to be an accounting software called Lotus. I learned that through this business center. But anyway, in the afternoons, Monday through Friday, I went to this business center and they taught me how to type. They taught me how to work on a computer. They taught me how to write letters. They taught me how to do everything you would do in an administrative support role. So we're talking about a secretarial role, but it was a great program for me to work my way through college. So let's say that is that I learned a skill set. So at 16 years old, I was working in the evenings at that school as a receptionist at the front desk. So I was building my resume by going to this business center, but I was a standout student because I worked so hard that they offered me a part-time job in the office. So I worked there. So I was able to put that on my resume. Now, when I left, I went to college um, and worked part-time at a hospital while I was going through college. Um, pick taking on everything I possibly could. So when I say everything I do is intentional, I have run across a lot of people and we always have in our lives, in our professional work where someone will tell you that's not my job. Okay. Well, I never approached work in that way because I was always interested in how can I build my resume? How can I continue to move forward, make more money, (laughs) you know, have a better lifestyle? Like everybody else, I wanted a big, beautiful home, a big, beautiful car. I wanted all these types of things. And I knew I had to work to get those things. No one was going to hand them to me. So when I say that a lot of people, some, well, some people will go to work and say, well, that's not my job. That was never my position. If you needed me to do something, then I was going to do it. For example, um, my first full-time position out of high school was at a university at Ball State University. And I was a departmental secretary. And so Of course, it was clerical related, typing tests, making copies and all those types of things. But one day the the office manager, she was no longer interested in kind of managing the facilities and making sure the classes were assigned where they needed to be, the number of students that were in those classes. Anyway, she asked me, was I interested in doing it? I said, absolutely, because now I could put that on my resume as facility manager. Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So. And long story short, every little thing that I was able to do, uh, if you had me ordering supplies or in charge of supplies, then that was inventory management. I was able to put that on my resume and it wasn't it was absolutely accurate. And so I was a very positive employee, a team oriented employee who was willing to do anything you needed me to do, as long as it was ethical, as long as it was legal. I was willing to help out for the good of the team. Does that make sense? And so. Everything I did was intentional. So I left that position and stepped into an accounting position. Uh, And I was in that position, I want to say about six or seven years. I don't have my resume in front of me. But of course, that was more of the finances for the largest school at that campus. So I'm moving up, you know, I'm taking on bigger and better things. And as people see my positive attitude and my team oriented approach to everything, they were willing to give me things that weren't necessarily a part of that job, but I could build my resume from that. Now, during this whole time, I'm still getting educated. So I'm still, you know, going to get my bachelor's degree. I'm working on my bachelor's degree. Then I'm working on my master's degree. And I remember the next job I had (laughs) uh, was another, uh, it was the, uh, 
administrative uh, supervisor of the whole school, the School of Physical Education, and that's no longer named that there now. But every single thing I did was to build my resume to get to the next position. And so at that point now I was in management, I was supervising people. So in that position, I had eight uh, people that I was supervising in various operations throughout that school. So I learned a lot um, about managing people, about human resources side of things. Uh, I also learned how to hire people. And what I mean by that is you need to do your homework when you're hiring people, because that's important because you're impacting people's lives. But long story short, I've never been the type of person to say that's not a part of my job because I can take whatever you give me and put that on my resume as experience. And that's what's opened the doors for me. And then also, I think the the last thing that I was willing to do is after I got my master's degree, I was willing to relocate for a better position, too. And I know a lot of people aren't in that position, <clears throat> but I was in the position of, OK, I'm not just going to stay locally in Muncie, Indiana. If anybody looks up Muncie, Indiana, there's not a whole lot there anymore. The population has really gone downhill because the automobile plants have disappeared. However, I was willing to relocate. And I think that was probably the biggest, one of the biggest factors in my success is I was able to relocate to North Carolina and begin a career at NC State. Started out as an associate director of finance, willing to do everything that anybody needed me to do, presenting at the president's level, at the chancellor's level. And so it just went from there. And then uh, from that position, went to the largest college at that university, uh, all because of my reputation. Part of it was my reputation. I also did good work, but a lot of it was she's just such a team player, if that makes any sense. So it's just been a building type of process uh, for me and building. Everything has been intentional about building my resume, willing to be a good team player, coming to work with a great attitude and realizing that the challenges I face today, they don't define my future. And, and I want to highlight certain points that you made because your story is inspiring and could serve as guidance for several of our listeners. You never say that's not my job. And right. also it sounded like the wording that you use, like with inventory was mm -hmm. so intentional of how you, you crafted the words because that is actually what you were doing. It was truthful. So people mm -hmm. paying attention to what they're doing, the actual role they're fulfilling and then give them, giving it the, the strength in the words that actually reflect that. You've been intentional. That's correct. And I think too, to add to that is I've always surrounded myself with people who had good things to say, who were willing to support me, who were willing to guide me. And I call those mentors, right? So, I mean, and also people who had more than me. So let me, so let me take it back a second. If I had a friend whose mom and dad had a beautiful home, I would go over there, hang out with my friend. And then I would ask mom and dad, what do you guys do for a living? I'd like to know, how did you get here? How do you invest your money? So I will tell you, if you approach someone in, with a great attitude and a willingness to learn, you will learn a lot. I did not get where I am by myself. My father was my very first mentor, in my opinion. My mother was as well. Intentionally surrounding yourself with people who want positivity, who want bigger and better, um, and learning how they got it. Sometimes we think a mentor has to be a celebrity type person, this big name. Mm -hmm. Like you said, it could be your friend's parents. And you can apply that to anything. You can apply that to marriage. I mean, I'm married. Um, I look and I seek out people who have healthy marriages. I mean, I want to talk with them. And how do you what are you guys doing? Um, how have you been? My brother has been married 43, 44 years to a beautiful woman who I admire. 
I always ask them, what are your secrets? What are you guys doing? <laughs> you know, so you can you can apply having mentors. And sometimes people need, don't even realize that they are your mentor at that time, that you're asking them, how are you being successful in whatever, whether it's professional, whether it's personal, um, just willing to open yourself up, I think, and ask for help or ask for people to help guide you. Well done, identifying that mentors can extend to different aspects of your life. Like mm-hmm. you said, yeah. mentors for marriage and relationships. Yeah, so so many of the points you're making are are relevant for the different uh, spheres of our lives. Are there any, say, closing tips, words of guidance that you would leave with our listeners today? Sure. So I did, you know, I mentioned that my father had a sixth grade education. My mother had a high school diploma. I do believe that education certainly is the great equalizer. So get it wherever you can get it. You don't have to go to an Ivy League. I think a lot of people think they must go to Duke, they must go to Harvard or something like that. That's just not true. But it does impact how you respond. It does impact your flexibility. And, you know, they always say the person who survives is not always the strongest. It's the one who can adapt and who can be flexible. And I think that's one of the things that education also treats you or teaches you. It's not just the book knowledge that you receive, but it also it, it prepares you how to handle relationships. And I think that's important. But also, I think everybody is faced with challenges. I mean, I had a dad with sixth grade education. That was a challenge that he overcame. He had a successful business. Um, you can't let challenges define your future. You have to figure out a way to overcome them. And sometimes that's stepping out of your comfort zone and asking someone and also having the willingness to uh, step, take a leap of faith. Thank you to Virginia for sharing so many pearls of wisdom about mentorship and being intentional about your career. If you enjoyed this podcast conversation, please be sure to share with others. As always, take care and talk to you soon.